John Rash and Patricia Lopez are with us on the Center Point Energy Home Service Plus Hotline. The news of the day, Pat, is Bernie Sanders. I don't think we're surprised yep. that Bernie is not going to be the nominee. The numbers all all changed off South Carolina and Buttigieg, yeah. Klobuchar, and others getting out. But let me approach it this way. Is there any doubt in 2016 and in 2020 that on the political issues that were driving the Democrats, whether they love what Bernie said or hated what Bernie said, he was driving the policy matters. And even though he's going to finish second both times, he was essential to what's going on and moving the party in one particular direction. Oh, I don't think there's any question of that. Um, he, he set the agenda. And in, um, in a way, he's kind of a victim of his own success. You know, it, the issues that were so cutting edge in 2016 when he um, started pushing them have now become almost mainstream on the Democratic side. Every, most of the candidates, um, you know, conceded that, uh, that he had a point, And I think there is still a growing uh, support of uh, Medicare for all or some, some version of that. Um, it's just he's not going to be the one to, to see it through. And I'm, I'm sure that has to be a really difficult, difficult blow for him. John, the numbers seemed impossible. They became even more challenging because outside of Wisconsin, we're going to get to Wisconsin here in a little bit, most states are pushing off uh, their dates when people are voting. So many of us, for all the valid reasons, are paying attention to COVID-19. Joe Biden isn't getting much attention, so certainly Bernie Sanders wasn't getting much attention. Were you surprised at all that he decided to make the announcement at this time? No, and I think in particular the debacle in Wisconsin yesterday had to be a real wake-up call for every American, particularly Senator Sanders, as he saw what people had to do in order to vote. Now, hopefully that's a one-off and never repeated event, because I think in the entire calendar of both COVID-19 and campaign 2020, that's the single most shameful episode that anyone has seen, that they made people literally risk their health in order to exercise their constitutional right to vote. And so I think that showed the inability to get out there and campaign, his desire not to have that repeated because so many of the other primaries had been pushed back. And one doesn't know in those states, once they take place, what those conditions will be like. So he doesn't want to be party to that as all as well. And, you know, despite their political differences, he does seem to have a reservoir of respect for Vice President Biden. And, you know, I think he he doesn't think that the nomination was taken away from him, as he seemed to sometimes allude to in 2016 with the superdelegates. And that's another aspect that he had a tremendous influence in, in terms of internal reformation of the Democratic Party. So his impact was very, very significant. As Pat mentioned, of course, he will not be the nominee this year, a very, very unlikely to run again in four years, but he had quite yeah, a consequential won't. outcome on the campaign. I, I wouldn't talk about his impact in the past tense, though. I, I think, you know, in listening to his remarks today, um, we know that he thinks well 
of Biden. He doesn't um, he's not as antagonistic as he was toward Hillary Clinton, but he withheld any strong endorsement uh, of him today. And I, and I think that's for a very specific reason. He also made a point of saying that he is going to still be on the ballot in a number of states. He will mm-hmm. continue to collect as many delegates as he can. And that's because I'm um, fairly certain that he intends to use that as leverage to continue to try to push the nominee uh, to the left on the issues that matter to him. So he will be um, uh, the candidate, but he is going to try to influence the agenda still from now until the convention. John, I'll start with you on this one. Tom Friedman, the Pulitzer Prize winner, the, the Minnesota native. And, and Tom has offered variations of this up before, but he feels like it was, it's even more vital for Joe Biden to do it now in the situation we're at where the president is so much the attention that it continues to hold the daily press conferences and where Biden is trying to find his place, that Biden should come out early and in detail, not just his, his vice presidential nominee, which might some people might say do that earlier, but go in depth on his cabinet, names that people know, names that people don't know and why they make sense. A lot of times it sounds tantalizing and it doesn't happen. John, to me, I think this one makes a lot of sense for Joe Biden uh, to try this idea. And and I will be surprised if he doesn't do a variation. What do you think? And then you, Pat, jump in. Okay. I, I think it makes a lot of sense as well in a governing style. From a campaign perspective, the challenge is that to make it successful, this national unity government, very science-focused and solutions-focused, as Tom Friedman wrote in his New York Times piece this morning, would require Republicans to take part. And I think that there are many who are quite competent and perhaps quite willing to do so. But they may not be willing to acquiesce to it and may have to feel they have to publicly deny any kind of uh, contribution to a Biden cabinet during the campaign, lest President Trump be reelected. And then it would be very, very difficult for them to have any kind of maneuverability in Congress. So the timing is what I saw difficult, not the concept at all. And so I think that if you look at Joe Biden's career in Congress, he certainly had friends and reached across the aisle on a lot of legislation. And he is the kind of candidate who seems likely to be able to work with many people from many different parts of the political spectrum. Pat, what do you think on that issue? Tom Friedman has written that column at least a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, the idea of him naming uh, some cabinet members is, is, you know, is fine. There's a little bit of risk to that. The idea that he would name Republicans as cabinet members, I I think, is kind of folly for a Democratic candidate. Um, You know, he needs to build enthusiasm among Democratic-based voters. If he doesn't have that, he loses. And I can't think of a faster way to dissipate that and to turn all the Bernie people into active enemies than to try to, you know, craft some kind of bipartisan uh, coalition style government. I, you know, it, it's one of those things that sounds really good in theory, but it never happens in practice. Just like, you know, you know, previous elections has been floated that, you know, maybe pick a, a VP from the opposing uh, party. It, it just doesn't happen. He, and the other thing is, Biden has to show that he can win this on his own. You know, certainly naming his VP pick early, I think, would help. Um, 
But, you know, if he starts naming cabinet members, he's got to get buy-in from them. Then each one of them, in turn, will be attacked by, uh, you know, Trump's side. And that, that gets very messy. Hang on, guys. We'll uh, pause, come right back quickly. More of Plain Politics with uh, John Rash and Patricia Lopez from the Star Tribune on CCO. Right back with uh, Pat Lopez and John Rash from the Star Tribune. Pat, um, this this name may ring a bell, Barack Obama. I think he once was the president of the United States. He, um, he reacted to a story from the New York Times on Twitter and tweeted out this. Social distancing bends the curve and relieves some pressure on our heroic medical professionals. But in order to shift off current policies, the key will be robust a robust system of testing and monitoring, something we yet uh, something we have yet to put in place nationwide. How do you think Obama has handled the balance of Democrats wanting him to speak out and the role he wants to play because he cited often how much he re- respect he had for George W. Bush? When W. walked away, he wasn't second-guessing, really, at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's done pretty well on the whole. Um, you know, I would expect him to send out the message that he did. It's important, um, and he's right. We haven't done anywhere near enough testing, and uh, we're going to have to do more if we ever expect a transition back to any kind of normal situation. And that's the kind of thing he can put out without seeming overly partisan, without critiquing the current president. And and I think on the whole, that's a that's a very smart decision on his part. How about in that area, John? He's uh, chosen his spots very carefully where he wants to speak out. And I think that he's done it in general quite successfully as he's maneuvered most of his public life, even before he was president. And I think that this gives him respect, and it's also a sharp departure and clear contrast with the current occupant of the White House. And this gives him, I think, an ability to speak out in public about public health issues such as the pandemic. And I also think the degree that he stepped back during the Democratic primary made it more of a triumph for Joe Biden in that Mm -hmm. it wasn't Barack Obama who was carrying him over or who was endorsing him or People were directly voting for Vice President Biden, but in a way re-expressing their support for President Obama. This was Joe Biden's that he won. And, that you know, after his third try at running for president, it really is a remarkable story that somewhat gets obscured by all the other events that are happening in the world, as well as the events that happened during the campaign. He certainly will be called upon and will be much freer to campaign in select spots during the general election run-up. So I think we'll certainly hear a lot more of him and from him. Pat, let's go to us. Yeah, go ahead. That's the same reason why, you know, Biden still has to win this on his own, just like he couldn't, you know, get the nomination uh, by trailing on Obama's coattails. Going back to our earlier conversation, I don't think he can get it by, you know, hanging on to uh, um, members of his uh, proposed cabinet. He's got to be able to do this on, on his own. Pat, uh, the insulin bill has been debated forever. Yesterday, Scott Jensen and Republicans called their own uh, press briefing, I think through Facebook, and announced Mm -hmm. a deal was reached. Um, It was clear that Representative Ryan Winkler did not agree with how that was handled since he came over and gave the middle (laughs) finger to Jensen. Uh, 
I thought he, I, I got to be honest, I thought Winkler acted like a buffoon. Um, and he's overreacted things before. I did think it was it's odd that. What's that? It's undisciplined. Yeah. And, and to me, he's done that before. I get, yeah. though, the frustration that why wouldn't you have a, uh, a gathering where everybody comes together. What, what's your view on how that all that played out? Well, I, and I think that's absolutely right. I suspect that the Republican side is probably not a great deal happier with them than Winkler was, although they wouldn't, you know, resort to the same gesture with one of their own. I, I don't know why Scott Jensen felt he needed to go out on his own and announce this. Um, it, 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 maybe he just thought he needed to force the issue, but it took a lot of uh, bipartisan cooperation to get to this point, and it, it seemed, you know, kind of needless to me. John, what do you think? We got about thirty seconds. Let them have their moments and celebrate that they were able to come together on this issue finally. How about you, John? This is why people hate politics. This is an issue that should have been solved months, if not a year ago. It's something that, for some people, literally has become a life and death issue, and it ends up in partisan squabbling and an incredibly uncivil and immature gesture by someone high-ranking in the DFL party in the state house completely uncalled for and better behavior certainly should reign, particularly at such a stressful time. In general, Minnesota has pulled together and is doing quite well given the challenges that are happening, but this was an unfortunate incident. I got to jump in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Pat and John with us.